This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hey, I'm Hanif Baharudin and this is GG Well Played, the show that talks about all things video games. In light of the title reveal for the next Spider-Man movie last week, we've decided that this might be the perfect time to talk about the franchise's latest video game counterpart that was released late last year, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, a sort of half-sequel or a standalone expansion of 2018's Marvel Spider-Man. Developed by Insomniac Games and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment for the PS5 and PS4. Every time I think I got this Spider-Man thing figured out, something goes wrong. Miles, our family doesn't give up. Whenever you say Spider-Man, you always mean the other one. You're Spider-Man. You can fix this. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Ali Johan and Ofnil Ting. Hey Hanif, here's a roundup of the news from the past week. Uh, first off, the development for the much maligned third-person online shooter from BioWare, Anthem, has officially ended. And we reported on the rumor of uh, EA deciding whether to pull the plug on this project a couple of episodes back. Um, and it seems that they finally had their say on the matter. In a blog update on BioWare's website, the studio director Christian Daly wrote, In the spirit of transparency and closure, we wanted to share that we've made the difficult decision to stop our new development work on Anthem, aka Anthem Next. We will, however, continue to keep Anthem live service running as it exists today. So as you can see, the game will still be supported, but any hopes of a comeback a la No Man's Sky will still not happen. It's a pretty sad ending for a game that has been riddled with controversy ever since its release, right? With EA being blamed mostly for the problems. The game's pretty mediocre when it was released and EA's obsession on focusing on games as a service model has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But they might be slowly learning from their mistakes as according to a report by Bloomberg, EA has apparently given Bioware the go-ahead to remove multiplayer components for their upcoming RPG, Dragon Age 4. Dragon Age has always been a single-player game, but there were rumours of EA forcing Bioware to insert multiplayer components with monetization early on in the development of their fourth instalment in the franchise. Yeah, but after the success of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is a totally single-player experience, and the failure of Anthem, EA is now reportedly changing its tune. So this is also a triumph for some of the higher-ups from Bioware who has been pushing back on EA's decision to focus on multiplayer components. And next news is from one troubled game that has officially failed to make a comeback to one other that's still trying their very best. As you know, Cyberpunk 2077 and its road to recovery have taken a bit of a backseat after uh, a recent cyber attack incident at CD Projekt Red a couple of weeks back. But we're in March now and if you remember the roadmap that they've prepared in the apology video back in January, we were supposed to receive another patch update, patch 1.2 in February. But understandably, with the company under duress due to the uh, cyber attack, they've decided to delay the release of that patch in the second half of March. Considering their recent fortunes, hopefully fans will be a bit more understanding and cut them some slack. Yes. Uh, moving on, player unknown Battlegrounds, or more commonly known as PUBG, will be getting a sequel, but this time on mobile platforms. So it's going to be set in the year 2051. Uh, PUBG New State will feature several upgrades, including 
in-game weapon customization, drones, combat rollability and much much more. Uh, the environment will also include destructible windows, interactable objects and also a few new locations. Graphically, I think the game looks quite good and will apparently leverage on state-of-the-art global illumination rendering technology to run well on your mobile phones. Yeah, PUBG New State will be released later this year and for people out there who would like to pre-register for the game, you can do so now via Google Play Store. Pre-registration for iOS will be coming at a later date. No announcements made on whether this game will be available on PC or consoles, but according to Bloomberg interview with Kim Chang-han, the CEO of Crofton, the company that oversees multiple development studios, including PUBG Studios, there is a separate game in development that is set in the PUBG universe in the future, scheduled for release on these platforms next year. So while you wait for that, you can perhaps give the new PUBG a try when it's released later this year. Yeah, up next, we've had Nintendo Direct and BlizzCon recently and it's time for Sony and their first state of play of the year. Sony's always been very careful at managing our expectations so there were no big announcements for games like God of War, Ragnarok or Horizon Forbidden West this time around. Because of that, some people were pretty underwhelmed by this state of play but regardless, there were some cool games shown, uh, including a deep dive for upcoming PS5 exclusive Returnal, also a James Bond-like trailer for Deathloop. Huh? What? You'll never, ever break this loop. There's no never here. Just you, me, and the rest of these maniacs. <laughs> Bring it, baby. The announcement of Oddworld's Soulstorm, as well as a new trailer for Kenna Bridge of Spirits, which will be released in August this year. Trapped spirits linger here, tangled in the tragedies of our past. You must help these spirits if you wish to reach the mountain shrine. Sounds exciting. Other than that, there were uh, also PS5 updates for Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, multiplayer dodgeball-like game, Knockout City, gameplay footage for Five Nights at Freddy's, Security Breach, as well as trailers for new IPs Sifu and Solar Ash. But perhaps the biggest announcement in this uh, 30 minute state of play was Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate. It's not the next part in the franchise, but rather the PlayStation 5 version of the Final Fantasy VII Remake that comes with the usual upgrades, you know, improved textures, fog effects, lighting, faster load time, support for the dual sense, controller's haptic feedback, as well as a new photo mood. And like a lot of games in this new generation, the game will also be playable in either performance mood, which runs at 60 FPS or graphics mood which prioritizes 4K resolution. Yeah, Integrate will also include a new story expansion featuring the beloved ninja princess Yuffie Kisaragi. My name is Yuffie, materia hunter and elite special forces operative for the new Wutai government. We'll prove to our common enemy that Wutai is not... And for those out there who have already purchased this game on PS4, you'll be able to get a free upgrade to the PS5 version, but you do have to purchase the Yuffie story expansion separately. That was actually not the only thing related to Final Fantasy VII that was announced. Um, recently, also Square Enix took the opportunity to follow that up with an announcement of two more games set in the universe, but for mobile. The first one is Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier, a Battle Royale game set in the universe. Yes, you heard me right. A Battle Royale game set in the Final Fantasy VII universe. The game will take place 30 years before the events in Final Fantasy VII and you get to play as Shinra's soldier. It's scheduled to be released later this year. 
Now, another game that was also announced for the Android and iOS platform is Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. This one's a bit interesting because according to the trailer, the game is a chapter-structured single-player game covering the whole of the Final Fantasy VII timeline, including the events of the original game and Final Fantasy VII compilation titles. Yeah, it includes everything from the Advent Children, Before Crisis, Crisis Core and Dirge of Cerberus. Based on what we've seen, the game looks uh, like the classic Final Fantasy VII with updated graphics and interface, but still retaining the turn-based combat style with a twist. So Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis will be out on iOS and Android in 2022. This one definitely looks more interesting than the previous one, and I'm curious to see how they're going to incorporate all the other compilation titles into this game, especially Advent Children, since that is technically a movie. Regardless, more Final Fantasy VII for fans. Let us know whether you um, like where they're heading with this franchise, all things considered. A lot of things can go right. A lot of things can go wrong as well. As we said, it's one of the most uh, well-loved games in uh, the series or in RPG. So I think uh, they really need to get a lot of things right for this. Yeah, so we'll watch out for that when it comes out real soon. Uh, but that's all we have for this week's recap. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Ali and Ofnil. Let's go for a short break. Up next, we're going to Virtual Manhattan with Miles Morales. Stay tuned. This is Gigi Well Played on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Gigi Well Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharudin. What does it feel like to be a young teenager that's trying to still get used to your superpowers and suddenly you're asked to take care of the whole of New York all by yourself amidst threats between two warring factions? You'll get to feel what's that like in Spider-Man Miles Morales. The follow-up from the critically acclaimed Spider-Man game in 2018 puts you in the shoes of Miles Morales, a teenager that has the powers of Spider-Man. How does this game fare as a half-sequel or like a 1.5 from the previous game? Joining me to talk about it is BFM's video producer, Sabrina Yusof. Uh, okay, so just I just want to jump off on that 1.5 slash sequelness of the game. I wasn't like fully aware of that I feel I think I, I just went like oh my god there's another Spider-Man game there's another and it's with Miles Morales and I really expected it to be just as long uh, it, but it was just as good I had a lot of fun playing it but I think it's just like I was like oh wait I guess I was just wanting more is my experience with the game yeah I feel like uh, in my case I mean I'm aware of that and, and for me I feel like they managed to make a more concise experience and I remember the first Spider-Man being slightly long but it's the kind of uh, length that I think is pretty typical for, for AAA title so you get a lot more I guess room for the characters to sort of like breathe right and flesh out all these characters whereas in the case of Spider-Man Miles Morales as much as it's pretty concise experience I remember playing it and at one point suddenly I have arrived at the, at the end game so I was like a bit surprised that oh okay yeah it is kind of like a short game right uh, I think what's cool about the game is that we can touch on the story a bit later but I think let's let's just talk about the gameplay for a bit uh, it feels like the game 
tries its best to change up the gameplay as well to a certain extent. Uh, I feel like Miles, as much as he controls almost similar to Peter Parker in the first Spider-Man game, uh, he also has his own uh, slightly unique characteristics, right? I think in terms of the swinging, he feels, uh, at least visually, he looks a bit more... Uh, you can tell that he's less experienced, but at the same time, he also has his own style when it comes to swinging. And then uh, combat, definitely, they change things up a bit. He has more skills, natural skills, as a character. It feels as fun. I don't think they changed a lot of the aspect of it. Uh, but what do you think? Yeah, I think it definitely feels like a same, same, but different kind of situation. If you want to compare it to playing with Peter Parker. He, I think it's just, it's just his style, as you mentioned, is very reflective of him being, you know, younger, still trying to figure out the ropes, still learning a lot from, I guess, his mentor, Peter Parker. Uh, and I think that translates a lot into the way that we get to play as Miles, into the combat, into the way that he's traversing the city. And it's, 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 it's refreshing that way. So even if it is like sort of like a... Even if the gameplay now builds off of what is already a strong foundation in the older game, I think the personality of Miles as a different character really helps bring, I guess, more life into the gameplay in that sense. Mm. I like how because they know that uh, Miles has his, I guess, supernatural abilities or superhero abilities, uh, they've decided to scale down on his gadgets as well, right? And funny because I think I remember playing the first Spider-Man and I was initially relying more on just the normal combat. And I think towards the latter part of the game, I feel like, okay, maybe I need to start utilizing my gadgets a lot more. And Peter Parker has a lot more gadgets, right, compared to uh, Miles Morales. Whereas uh, with Miles, sometimes I do find myself trying to use more of the gadgets purely because I've, I guess, sort of like gotten used to, to the way it was like with the first Spider-Man game. But I realized that his skills, uh, his extra skills make uh, the game a bit more dynamic in that sense. And the best thing about, uh, I think, Mouse Morales is that I, well, I play an, on normal difficulty, but I feel like the enemies are also catered towards his skills, right? Because he has all these extra supernatural superhero abilities, uh, the enemies are also a bit more difficult to handle and it requires you to also use these abilities to defeat them, right? So I, I guess in terms of balancing that, there's that, it feels interesting. Uh, we've already touched on the swinging aspect. Uh, but other than that, I feel like visually it does look, and especially touching on how Miles has his own style, makes the game uh, a bit more, as much as, you know, technically you are playing a, another Spider-Man, but Miles feels different enough to a certain extent, I, I guess, right? Mm. Yeah, and I think his bioelectricity power is also... I feel like it makes up for the fact of, you know, Peter has his own thing, which is the gadgets, and Miles has his own thing, which is that power that he has. And I think that really kind of distinguishes them a lot more. And even in terms of, like, kind of switching up the gameplay uh, of the combat and having different enemies respond differently to his different attacks... So for like some of the brawlers, you have to use this specific one to get through his defenses. For this other guy with this weird shield, you gotta like rush at him and things like that. And I think as tricky as that was for me in the beginning to try to like figure out who exactly I'm fighting and I'm not just running around, I think it was it was really satisfying to kind of nail that match down and having to being able to chain these different enemies together without being beaten down. And I think that I, I think the way that Miles has been made to kind of accommodate that is really fun. Yeah. 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 
And I think uh, apart from that, there's also the aspect of set pieces, right? I think um, the game started off quite well. Uh, immediately with a set piece I feel like uh, that was great and I feel like in general the set pieces that they have for this game considering the length of the game as well uh, I think it's pretty great I feel like they were all good I kind of like the first one with involving Rhino that was like pretty slightly different as well compared to I think the kind of set pieces that we had with the first game right? Yeah so I guess I did enjoy the fact that when you start the game, you're just thrown into the thick of it, um, as Spider-Man usually is. And you have to kind of like, okay, we're in the middle of this fight. We got to take this guy down. You get to figure out the controls a little bit along the way. That be in terms of like, I, I think I was thinking as I was playing it, I was like, oh, what's the next boss fight? That was really fun. But it never came. And then the next boss fight is Rhino again. So I fight him twice, but he's, you know, wearing different clothes or whatever. And then the final boss fight, I think. I guess I kept going back to the first game where it's like there's a lot of these very different villains that you have to face and they all have different experiences, all have different kind of... You have to go through different strategies to take them down. I think I was looking for that a little bit in this game. I was trying to figure out when's the next guy that I can kind of beat up, you know, when's the next big guy going to come. So that was you chasing her through the city as Spider-Man. You could have died. No lo puedo creer. Why didn't you tell me about any of this? All those talks we had? How to keep yourself safe? Yeah, uh, let's let's talk let's talk about the story now. Uh I think we both alluded to it just now, but I feel like uh as a story, I like how they presented the story of Miles. I like how they characterized Miles and also explored his relationships with uh, not only his mother, but also his friend, right? And also his uncle and uh, his closest friend. I mean, he has Genki, but he also has another friend that's quite close to him as well. So um, as much as the first Spider-Man game felt personal at times, especially involving uh, talking about Peter Parker's relationship with MJ and also and May. I feel like with this game, it's a bit more personal. And because of the length of the game, it was also a bit tighter. But I do feel like maybe some of the characters weren't as fleshed out uh, as much as they spend the time fleshing out their relationship. If you know what I mean, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's that's also part of, part of the reason why I didn't quite enjoy the briefness of the game I really wanted to kind of do more stuff with the people around Miles I want to be able to kind of actually interact with them a lot more beyond just having calls and I think at some point along the way I remember thinking <laughs> wanting Genki to get kidnapped or something so that I could like <laughs> actually go and save him and then we'd have this moment of like yeah we're friends you know I do anything for you whatever but that didn't quite get there I personally didn't have a lot of opportunities to really feel for the characters. I do think the story is very strong. I do see it. It is a story that's told very well and a story that gels together with the way that the game is played, even even if it's brief. But I think there are a lot of missed opportunities to kind of really punch the plot points a bit more. Yeah, I feel like I think... um 
you will definitely get a lot more from the story if you were to play the first game because I think it plays off the Miles storyline from the first game so spoiler alert but if you play the first game you know what happened with Miles' dad right so I feel like they did well in that sense from that perspective in terms of fleshing out or pulling off the thread from that first game to somehow explain and looking at things from from Mouse's perspective regarding, you know, what happened and how the family has been coping uh, moving forward from the death of his father and also from Miles uh, having these newfound abilities, right? So uh, I guess I, I see where you're coming from. I feel like maybe, yeah, because of the length of the game, maybe it feels a bit more abrupt. We don't spend enough time with all these characters, but as a, as a game that's considered like a semi-sequel, I feel like it's, it's tight, but... It doesn't doesn't feel like they're rushing things either, but but at the same time, you wish you could have that extra ten hours to spend with these characters as well, right? Yeah, I, I like the dynamic of uh, his relationship with not only Finn but also his uncle, right? I mean, if you've read the comics, you would know that of course Aaron Davis is Prowler, but I think if you're not as familiar with it, the way it, it was presented to you did come a bit as a slight surprise as well. And I think uh, overall, I was kind of enjoying it because because especially coming from the perspective of Miles, right? I think, to be fair, Spider-Man in general has always dealt with teenagers dealing with problems, right? I mean, if you're familiar with Spider-Man's law, you would know that these are the things that they always touch on. And I feel like in this case, as much as they didn't allow for these characters to be fleshed out a lot more, we did at least get the opportunities to meet all these characters, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think it was really, at least for me, not not having much knowledge of the world of Miles Morales or even just Spider-Man in general beyond like the films that I see, I think was it was really fun to be introduced with these characters and I think they have a really... It's interesting the way that their relationship was portrayed. I think there were a lot of uh, like big guy versus the small person trying to make things right <laughs> type of trope, which I think was really appealing still. Yeah, that that especially is apparent in, I guess, the core storyline of Miles trying to, in this case, take care of Harlem, right? At least the place where he, he's at. But Miles himself as a character is also pretty interesting considering that you can kind of know that he's going to have to deal with his uh, newfound abilities as well as the death of his father, right? But I think it's kind of interesting to see how Miles grow as a character uh, based on based on this game and I kind of like the way uh, you know if you as you roam around and you know just randomly beat up enemies uh, Miles will always sometimes his more chirpy personality came out a lot more right maybe not as creepy as Peter Parker perhaps but but even he tries his best to sometimes you know fake his voice and things like that so there is that element of uh, essentially showing that he is uh, essentially is a kid lah. Miles what you awake? No. So I stayed up last night and designed an app for your new suit. Thing's got a crazy custom OS, nothing I've ever seen before. But I ran it through a disassembler so I could reverse engineer the plugin architecture and... You just fell asleep again, didn't you? Miles! I'm up. I'm up. I don't know how old he is. Like, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's perhaps 15, 16? Yeah, or, or probably like late secondary school or something, like maybe like from 4 or 5, around that age, but <laughs> on the American side. Yeah. It feels like it. 
But overall, do you, do you like the the story? Uh, do you feel like it's a strong enough story? Because I mean, it's definitely a personal one. But but do you think that it's well told at least? I'm also the type of person who's also easily invested in stories. Like I don't have a really like super high bar at all. So the I was I was really into the story um, as I was playing it. I think that that really personal kind of angle it really got personal because Mouse is, is is really just having to confront with the fact that you know a person who he thought he knows or has cared for has become a his his adversary essentially so i think that was a really uh, the way that it was told throughout throughout the game i think i was bought into it even though i was kind of like let's just stretch it out a bit more but it, it was really it was really fun to it was a nice story Yeah, let's let's talk about the graphic, and I think because, again, because it's a it's a half sequel to the first game, it still takes place in Manhattan, New York. Uh, they didn't unlock any new places, uh, new islands around around New York. Uh, but it happens uh during uh winter, right, Christmas time. So it's pretty interesting to see uh, at least visually. New York being covered in snow, right? And I think um, graphically speaking as well, uh, it does look slightly better than the first game. I was pretty impressed um, that uh, considering that, okay, we can't comment on how it looks like on a PlayStation 5 because we all don't have PlayStation 5. But considering, that it's <laughs> but considering that it's a game that does develop for PlayStation 5 and also PlayStation 4, it does still look great. I mean, I've been looking at some comparison videos online and I feel like, yeah, it still holds up. I mean, even on a PlayStation 4, one aspect that perhaps we're lacking behind the next-gen console is perhaps the load time. Uh, so we still have to go through some uh, loading screens and things like that. But other than that, I feel like the game looks looks great. Um, um, New York uh, during winter looks great and it performs fine on my base PlayStation 4 except for a couple of glitches here and there. Uh, but then again, I played it as soon as it was released. So I guess the glitches and bugs have been fixed now. Yeah, for me it was pretty. I don't think I encountered any bugs or glitches. But in terms of how it looks, like I was, I was pretty much as impressed as I was when I first played the first Spider-Man game. I think being able to move through New York, not having ever been to New York, it feels really fun. It looks great. There's so much detail. You can see through some of the windows and see the individual rooms inside of it. Um, I'm not sure if that was in the last game, but if it wasn't, that was a really good detail. I was so like, I think I spent a few minutes just looking through windows, even though they're essentially the same rooms. But it was nice, and seeing it in that, I guess that kind of seasonal setting. Um, it was snowing. It didn't feel any less vibrant because a lot of the times I play video games, like for example Skyrim, or I've just recently started playing Valhalla, and then you start off with this. It's just snow everywhere, and you don't see a thing. I guess also because it's like also not a it's not a whole city, but it was really nice, and I think it was really refreshing to see it, to see New York in a different light, I suppose, in a different season. Uh yeah, so I think final thoughts regarding um Spider-Man Miles more or less. I think it's a solid game. I thoroughly enjoyed uh my time playing it. Slightly short, but I guess that's what it is, right? It's meant to be a short game, and it's meant to be an expansion to the first game, like a 1.5, like we've been saying all this while. And of course, if you finish the game, you know that they provided teaser for the next game, right? So a continuation from the teaser from the first game. So definitely, the next Spider-Man game is coming. But 
personally, as much as I feel like this game is solid, what I'm expecting for the next game is, I guess, something slightly different. Considering I also played uh, Spider-Man recently, the first game quite recently, I think uh, last year. I feel like for the next one, they need to do something a bit different to perhaps, I guess, mix it up a bit and to give players fresher perspectives, I suppose. Like, I think um, you can't run away from a Spider-Man game being set in New York. That's one thing. But I'm trying to also think about whether like they can mix it up a bit and, you know, try something new considering that uh, I don't know whether I can still play a game that's in New York, you know, for the third time, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And and that's not a criticism either. I'm just thinking about the future of the game. Like, you know, they need to do something drastically different. Maybe not drastically different, but I guess they need to introduce interesting aspect uh, or add I don't know whether adding stuff sometimes is great, but but they need to start thinking about uh, mixing it up a bit, changing it up a bit, right? I think definitely we're gonna play as both uh, for the next game. Uh, but yeah, I'm you know for the future of the game, I'm just curious about you know how they're gonna I guess pull things off. Yeah, and it's funny now that this is a short game, and I have gripes with short games, but now that it's like that. I'm expecting if the next game is going to be a long one, then maybe I'm actually going to start getting <laughs> bored with it because as you said, it is like, you know, the same kind of setting. They maybe need to kind of mix it up a little bit. But I think what they did with Miles having a different set of skills and powers, I think, in this game already kind of inched us closer to to that, I guess, different experience of, of playing a new game and, and kind of distinguish it enough from the old game. But yeah, as you say, like if it's Spider Man, it's gotta be New York. Um, I don't know whatever, what I don't know what's canon or whatever. Like if he ever goes anywhere, but yeah, I guess if if, if there's like changes in in the mechanics of like how he traverses New York, I think even it would be enough to make it a different game completely. Maybe. No more hacks. Spider Man saves the day. I take orders from the boss. The truth is, you're all right. You should go. I wonder whether they're gonna use the mechanic used in GTA 5, if you know what I mean, like where you can directly change characters whenever you want. The stories will progress the way it's supposed to progress, but in terms of considering it's an open world game, right? So you can either you can choose which character you want to play and progress the story, right? I wonder whether they're gonna adopt that model uh, for the next game. Uh, but regardless, I think yeah, I I I do agree with you. I feel like maybe uh, they need to start thinking about uh, I guess mixing it up a bit, you know, adding or you know sometimes adding things for the sake of it is not good either. But I feel mm-hmm. like maybe maybe they need to start thinking. They need to start thinking about, I guess, uh, approaching it slightly differently so that we at least will not be as bored playing it in New York. I mean, I don't think that's a criticism either. And I don't think I will get tired of exploring New York, but it's just that you do want to see, you know, different environment or at least different way of dealing or staying in the environment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Any last thoughts about the game? Uh, Would you recommend uh, people getting it now or should they wait for a discount at least? Or I feel like maybe if you could wait for it sale, that'd be great. Um, Because the thing is, I like to be able to kind of, I guess, stretch my money a bit more. If it lasts me a longer time, then I spend shorter time worrying about what next game I'm going to buy to distract myself. But that said, I don't think, I'm not saying that the game should be cheaper in its value. I think it's a really well-made, very fun game. If If you have the bucks, go for it. It's really great. Just keep in mind that it's not like 
a full 2.0 it is a 1.5 and I think that was like my mistake with like having really high expectations for it but regardless I definitely recommend people would buy this whether or not if you should wait until you get a PS5 I don't know because I'm I'm hearing people say that the dual sense really makes it a different kind of experience uh, so I guess that's another consideration as well yeah I, I agree with you I think if you already have a PS5 this is definitely one of the games that you need to check out uh, just to see how different it is again unfortunately we can't we can't give you any any opinions on that because we have both don't have a PS5 yet but I feel like if, if you have a PS5 um, this is definitely one of the games that you can buy to test your new consoles and I think apart from the DualSense features I guess the game looks uh, markedly different on, on PlayStation 5 at least with retracing and all there's definitely that I don't know whether it's a must play especially if you're invested in the lore but I feel like for the sake of the story you should give it a try but I mean but if it's not a priority like Sabrina said you can perhaps get it when, when, uh, when it's on sale and I feel like considering that the sequel won't come out anytime soon. Insomniac will probably take their time uh, producing it. Uh, you can perhaps, yeah, wait for wait for it to be on sale first before buying it. Yeah. You've been tuning in to GG Wellpaid and we've been talking about Spider-Man Miles Morales. Thank you, Sabrina Yusuf, for joining me in the conversation. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, you can find the podcast on bfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play and also Spotify. Do share your thoughts about the show or the games that you play via our email, ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on. Till next time, GG Wellpaid. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.